Yo! Stop your grinning and drop your linen. Found them. They're alive? Unknown. It looks like all of them. Over at the processing station. Sub-level three, under the main cooling towers. Looks like a goddamn town meeting. Let's saddle up, eh, Palm? Aye, sir. This is Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. You're listening to Engineering Better Worlds, presented by the Perfect Organism podcast. This is episode 64 of Perfect Organism, and as far as Engineering Better Worlds goes, this is episode 2. Uh, I am uh, a guest on this. My first time talking to both of you guys uh, independently, and I'm super pumped about it. I'm Patrick Green, and I'm here with... David Gogol, as per usual, with uh, my buddy. Uh, Michael McCullough, and uh, welcome, Patrick. Welcome to the yeah. uh, welcome to the crew. Welcome to the madhouse. Yeah. Uh, so, so we got a couple <laughs> things we're going to talk about. We're going to kind of split this up into two tonight. Um, uh, the first half is going to be centered largely around an article that Dave wrote on Xenomorphing, which is a great blog that we all follow and occasionally contribute to. That's based specifically on Advent, which is a really important new uh, small feature that's included in the Blu-ray release of Covenant, which I'm assuming most of you guys have picked up at this point. Um, and then the second half, we're going to take a little break, and the second half is going to be uh, stories of sharing alien through generations of, of people, like how we came to it and, uh, we're, and how we're sharing it with our kids, and especially – Featuring some of your stories, uh, who some of you have called in, some of you have written emails, some of you have put Facebook, and we're going to be uh, closing out this uh, episode with some of your stuff. So we're super pumped about it. So uh, let's get started, guys. Sound good? Absolutely. Yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. All right. So Dave, walk us through Advent. What are your thoughts on it? Maybe we can give a little outline on what it is. Uh, how does it fit into this whole mythology for you? Um, I thought it was great. Uh, one of my favorite parts, as I've said countless times from Covenant, was the whole lab and the setup behind it. I thought it deserved a little more backstory, a little more time other than just kind of being a background. And um, I thought the Advent Little Special Feature did so. One thing to keep in mind with Little Special Features is we don't know if it's essentially canon or what it is. I like to pretend yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering that. There's there was a couple of little special features too in Prometheus which ironed things out a bit, but it was never really, um, you know, identified as official. So I don't know if they're for fun or whatever. I like to consider it part of the story, for a Covenant at least, at least while well, for a talking point because I thought it it really put some stuff together that I thought would have been a nice little addition to the movie and kind of gave um, that part of the movie a little a little more highlight, a little more depth, showing what. David did during his time um, away from everybody, his little experiments. Um, so his, his Gilligan's Island. Yeah, yeah, his little uh, um, island of Dr. Moreau slash yeah. Gilligan's Island slash, uh, you know, dissection lab, everything. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, me too. So so that's an interesting thing you bring up about canon because I personally have been wondering that exact same thing. And if, if anybody listening to this has an answer, like seriously, write us an email because this is something that's been driving me crazy. Because you're right, there are special features on Prometheus that shape the story quite a bit that um, you know have subsequently been put into like the work print edition, um, you know, for example, but aren't actually in the canonical release of the film. Yeah. So it's like how how does that influence the narrative? My gut tells me on this that this is probably intended to be canon because 
uh, it's in the midst of a lot of materials that are pretty clearly canonical, like all the you know interviews and things like that, which we can talk about. Right. Also. But um, it's like there's there's no disclaimer. It seems to fit pretty seamlessly into the story. Like it expands on the story, but it fits yes. into it pretty pretty nicely. So I mean, I, I personally would would bank on it being canon, you know. But um, do you want to give us a little walkthrough, a little synopsis of it, if you don't mind? Yeah, sure. Um, it starts off with David giving a little transmission either to us or to the company, kind of going a step by step with what he learned um, and did while he was there, um, how the excellent worked, um, how he was there with Shaw. Um, he says stuff along the lines of he, he immediately called engineers uh world i don't know if it was a home world that's a whole other discussion um right. already a flawed paradise which he bombed for her for them to recreate and then when she didn't want any part of it he's like all right i'll find another use for you and then started using sure because the human dna works better with the accelerant which he does mm-hmm. a good job of explaining as well like he says it's kind of like a you know um like an ai program and he, he shows little uh, you know how it didn't work on the the plants and then the insects and you actually see him doing the uh the dissecting which i which was give a little nice you know a little more horror and kind of screaming yeah, stuff which that was which is fucked up which i think is the movie could have used that kind of like a good like alien kind of horror kind of going oh this is kind of cool but i can't really look away because it's awesome you know yeah it was it was nice it was a nice nice touch and you got a little more into what was going through david's uh Fucked up head and a little more right. what uh, what poor Shaw went through. Right, right, right. So uh, and and then it ends with how does it end again? It ends with um, he, you know he says he's leaving these drawings for uh, you know the company to study, which I think is kind of a nod, just saying they're there on the Blu-ray for you to, to look at. But whatever. Right, right. Um, <laughs> I think it's more of what that's for. And then um, he says he's going to end it with something final, and he has his they show the clip of his hands over Daniels and saying my queen. I don't know if there's just a little. Inside jab because everyone thought Shaw was gonna be the queen. I don't know if it's an inside joke. I don't know, man. It seems or if it's seems real. So, it's. I mean, he makes such it, a point of it. It's like you know, does. he's like, I, there's one remaining. You know, the music gets loud and it's like my queen. You know? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be. You know, the the funny thing is, is to me, it's like that whole idea with the whole Shaw and the queen and everything involved with that is such an elephant in the room. Because yeah. they've messed yeah. with people so badly, like I can't. It's amazing yeah. how many people I talk to or get involved in, like you know, good discussions during the day and stuff like that. And that's what it's about, like the Queen. Yeah, are, are we are yeah. we going towards you know James Cameron's Queen and aliens, or right. is this supposed to be just something that will you know reproduce off of it's it's so weird because a lot of people myself and in and i'm really freaked out right now because i'm like am i ever actually going to get to find this out and yeah right. it's such right, a cliffhanger right. yeah and it's now you're such like, a cliffhanger yeah and i'm, I'm yeah, like, yeah, like am i actually going to know what this is because as far as i knew from what everything i read like ridley scott tried to distance himself from yep everything yep. james cameron did so why yeah, did he push so hard the about the queen, queen? Or yeah. is he wanting to say that this is my version of the queen? And if he that, does that, yeah, then it just got. ruins everything. It, it just messes the whole timeline up. It right. Just, yeah. You know. Yeah. Super, super weird. Uh, and, and it can mean a lot of things. But before <clears throat> we dive into that further, if we can for a second, the thing to me that 
like I turn on Advent and I was like, whoa, the thing to me that that blew my mind is the fact that it's a transmission to the company, which seems like huge deal because like yes. the whole question was like was like why did they end up on planet 4 like what like why was there this like quote unquote neutrino burst which we'll talk about separately I'm sure at some point <laughs> like, like like why were all these weird things drawing them to this planet that was not on their sensors um, and this planet that was seemingly prefigured to be uh, a, a haven for genetic experimentation that David had had as this like you said Dave an island of Dr Moreau for 10 years that right. was like really waiting for them you know, so you're watching the film and you're thinking like, this is t- this is too, it's too perfect. Like it's a little bit, yeah. It's it seems like this has to be predestined or some something was up with it. And then he starts Advent by addressing the company. So it seems yeah. like a very clear indication to me that he's in cahoots with the company somehow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's. <clears throat> I always even when I watch Alien, and obviously they picked up the transmission. I'm like, there's no way they didn't know about this before. Right. And, you know. You know. Of course, it was fun doing our own little theories you know they definitely knew that something was there right so i it's a matter of getting to that point and it's you know if they knew all this and then it kind of makes things a little murky with me prometheus and all that stuff but you know there's no way they're not involved <laughs> right and it, it seems like there just has to be a, a tie in there so <laughs> what, what i'm hoping is that a lot of the things in covenant that people had issues with um will will hopefully actually turn out to have been um deliberately a little bit misguided because of this whole company interference thing. So if we get Awakening, if we get this next film, hopefully it'll go into that a little bit, and we'll see, you know, a little bit of uh, of why, you know, why the company is is uh, what they're what they're trying to do with it. Because it's sort of yeah. a perfect, it's like a perfect setup. It's like <laughs> two thousand people, you know, in a closed system uh, that are you know going to be stuck with this uh, genetic psychopath, you know, who's going to be experimenting on them in cryosleep. <laughs> I mean, it's like you know the the bioweapons division would have a field day with that. I would. I would imagine. Yeah, that's like the that's like their wet dream right there. Right. Yeah, they're freaking. They're that's they're shitting their pants. That's that's what they've been fighting for this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about the uh, just the the cinematography of it because I found that super cool. Like the fact that it was shot in the sort of first person. Did you notice that? Yeah. 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 Like it was almost like it was like his data dump or something. Yes. Yeah. Like, I like that was like. I totally um, agree. Then it felt like, like he was, right? yeah, yeah. It felt like he was, it was there in the storage, like, yeah, you know what? I'll share this with you guys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and and also, I noticed that there was a lot of things that were done with time. Like there were a lot of missing frames in it. Like the, it was a lot of things that were sped up quite a lot. So yeah, it, 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 I noticed little flashes of of. I'm sure it was little pieces from Covenant with the alien and the egg and the neomorph. You saw a little. He'd mention something, then boop, then boop, then boop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, those little kind of <laughs> subliminal. It just, yeah. it just totally – it felt to me like it was like a broken automaton trying to relay messages across yes. you know, light years of distance to uh, to like this foreign relay station back on Earth or something. I mean I just thought it was so cool. Michael, what, what, did, you, what did you think about it? <laughs> well, you know – I don't know. It's it's When I saw, first got the uh, the uh, DVD and uh, were able to look at the, the little extra clips – that one caught my mind right off the bat, and I guess that's probably because you know Dave and I have discussed this before. Him and I are—I'm big into not so much—I want to say not so much like the the filming or the setting or the music. Like I've always been drawn to these by the creature itself and mm-hmm. evolution. 
Like those mm. are my two things. Those are what I, whenever I see a movie, any kind of monster movie, creature movie, like that's the thing that draws me in. Nothing else. And yeah, to be to be an alien fan and see something new and think, you know, this is really cool because, you know, now fortunately. I had read the novel as well. And I think Dave, mm-hmm. Dave, did you read the novel? Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. Okay, so what happened was I read the novel bef- like in between seeing the movie and actually seeing these. And, uh, you know, right, right. Spoil- spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen the uh, the novel. Um, just fast forward this a little bit. But uh, th- if, you haven't, if you haven't read the novel, um, in it very plainly, David comes out and says that, you know, he did not make the xenomorph – but he tried to perfect it or tried to duplicate what they had. The engineers right. already done. Right. So, he says that exactly, very yeah. explicitly. So, he yeah. specifically says that he did not invent the xenomorph. You know, and which, he kind which, of good. And he kind of hints at that in the um, in the ad event where he exactly. says something about the wolf and the lamb, and he's yeah. like, they tried to they tried to you know um, banish the the wolf. Where he was like, come on, and he just mentions you know he's trying to you know bring the wolf back or whatever whatever he says. You know, I think it's. It's stupid, but it's little touches like that. That's something you and I, Michael, have discussed. Is a little touch like that makes the fans a little less pissed off. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know the the, the sad like thing it, is, it, yeah, it, it hasn't like if David supposedly created the aliens. For me, at least, it doesn't take any of the the mystery away. But it was totally unnecessary. And just hinting either him if he would have kept it kept this in the movie or like the book, him saying. You know, I was trying to perfect what the engineers did, and I mean, hell, we even know if the engineers created them. We know they were trying to. At least it gives a little more mystery. It's like, okay, what's the question? Did the engineers create them, or did they see them? Or trying, you know, it creates more questions instead of just like, all right, a bored robot created the aliens. Really, right, it's just right, that right. little extra dialogue, little extra story piece. You go, ah, yeah. like, and it's people, like, the, ah, that's his, better. His main thing, and people just, you know, you had to. Me personally, I think. I mean, I loved Prometheus and now Covenant, but I like them because I like David's character. Oh, yeah. Because I'm he, a huge and, fan. He, yeah, you have to understand the whole idea of this movie and of David and of, well, you know, of, of course, what we're talking about now is he wants to be a creator. Yep. He wants to have the power. He wants to be able to do something. So everything right. in this movie, all the creatures in this movie, the weird way they may have acted or the things that they did – it was all him and his just little things he would tinker with, and now you get this, or you, you know, you do this, and now you get the backburster, and now you do this, and it was all right, how right. he kind of messed around. Like that was the best part of it, and it did not make me think oh, I hate this movie now because there's no al- there's not a lot of aliens in it. You know, right. for me yeah. that was insane because like to see his shop, and see the the cutaways of like the dissected eggs. And, so, yeah, that was, you know, just so, was so awesome. Yeah, and, and to see, like, to yeah. see like, oh, uh, that, like, like you know, Dane Matt's uh, sketches and stuff. They're yeah, like yeah, beautiful. Yeah. It was great. And yeah, that's yeah. how I took it. And that's it. a really good point, Michael. Too. That's a good point that the island. That I keep saying the island because we keep making this metaphor. But the but Planet Four is basically David refracted through a thousand prisms now, right? Like, yeah, he's been alone and he has put himself as this sort of genetic manipulator. And yep. it filtered himself through the vector of these things that he's developing, and so like you're seeing his synthetic, you know, but apparently not very synthetic personality, basically coming out with the way that these creatures interact with one another, with the way they interact with the environment, with the way that this protomorphic organism has developed. Like that is that is David's take on all of these things, and I I think that the movie works a lot better, and uh, and feels a lot better if if we think of it as this is David. 
perfecting, like I said, refracting the light of what the engineers started and coming out with his own unique thing that that is twisted and beautiful and fucked up in its own special yep. way that only it can be because there's a psychotic android. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, but use the whole planet as a petri dish. Yeah, yeah, right. Which he did, and and Advent totally goes into that. Like all the stuff where it shows him uh, working on these like you know corpses that he found, like the it was great. The, the insects and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So cool. Well, I like so to say beautifully twisted, which I think is one of the, the allures of the whole franchise for all of us. It's terrifying, but it, it's you can't look away because it's just so you know it's gorgeous and twisted at the same time. And I think that's what they did in Advent is something the movie could have used that kind of that old time alien horror. You know, like even yeah. in the beyond disappointing uh, Alien Resurrection, the part where Ripley <laughs> runs into all her clones, that was cool. Alien. That felt yeah. yeah, that felt like Alien. And but the rest of the movie was a was a parody, but it's beside the point. But even though you know Alien Covenant had its had its parts, but having something like Advent in there, even if just you know, half of that would have made a huge difference. I agree. Yep. I agree. But it's funny, like hearing you say that. I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, you, you guys probably do this too, cause, because I'm so used to having, uh, you know, we're called <laughs> discussions, but occasionally they become arguments with people online <laughs> about specifically about Covenant for some reason. It's such a point of contention for people. I, I, I'm, I'm imagining the complaints that people who wouldn't be of the same mindset would have like they would feel like too many questions were being answered or david was getting too much attention as a character or it was right itself from the classical canonical xenomorphic mythology that we talk about or you know like i i'm seeing in in my in my mind's eye how people would be reacting to that and you know what like they're totally those criticisms are totally valid i totally am okay with that oh absolutely but but I, i think the three of us are kind of on the same page um in thinking that uh, it would have been it would have been cool to have seen even because and I, I talked about this a little bit with uh, with Jamie on on our um, little covenant back and forth that we had in episode fifty nine, um, like if you, I, I think you you to enjoy covenant, you have to allow yourself to let go of your preconceptions about who's the center of this film or what is the center of this film, and right. when David when David who is not by any means a hero emerges no. as the de facto protagonist of this movie because he's getting the most attention. You kind of have to be like, all right, you know, like, like entertain me. Like, let's see what this character yeah. does. And I think yeah. if you do, like, I mean, the three of us, we love David. He's a yep. fascinating character, right? Like, yeah. But, but I, I don't feel like he's detracting from, cause a, a complaint that comes up sometimes is people will say, oh, you know, like this should have been, it should have been Shaw's story. Or it should have been Daniel's story or it should have been Tennessee's story, or it should have been about the xenomorph or it should have been about the neomorph or it should have been about the colonists. Like, you know, there's all these other things that people want it to be about. But like what happens is that halfway through the movie, as soon as that flare goes in the air, you know that this is David's story. This is David's yeah, movie, yeah. right? I thought it was a great bait and switch because it made you seem like, like, oh God, here we go. Another you know, female, uh, you know, center story. Yeah, she was the strong, you know, female lead, but it wasn't, she wasn't the main character. It's not her story. It's really not. Uh, She's a huge like, part of it, but. Well, here, I mean, I like, not to, not I like to, kind of, not to, I like the kind of fucked up, um, you know, sad Empire Strikes Back type, what the hell's going to happen ending. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. The I, look on Daniel's face. 
<laughs> and that's the thing. That's the thing about this movie. Everybody jumped, you know, right away. They jumped about, you know, okay, what's next? Where does this go from now? We have no idea. If you know, say, you know, right. of course, we don't know where it's going to go. We hope that awakening is going to still happen. We hope there's going to be something to close this. But yeah, we have no idea. The I next so. movie could be Daniel's story. Yeah, we have true. no idea where this will go. And yep. you know, and on the point of the way that movie ended was awesome. Yeah. I remember sitting, I'm right. sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, you know, okay, everybody right away says, oh, I totally saw that coming. Well, you know mm-hmm. what, you, I sat there and I was like, I had my suspicions, but I wasn't <laughs> right, sure. Right, right, right. And that's but okay. The way it, yeah, the way yep. it ended was awesome because you're like, yeah. holy crap, a cliffhanger, and now what is, now you want to know, where, where are we going now? And because, yeah. you know, you know, you know what you say to yourself is you say, that was exactly as dark as I was afraid it was going to be, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's like every everybody. Like a lot of people get hung up on this whole like, oh, I saw it coming thing. I feel like, like sure, like we all had an idea that there might have been this switch between David and Walter, that there might that this might be all part of a grander scheme to get the colonists, you know, as genetic petri dishes, like you said. Like I, I feel like like there was a part of us that knew that that was a possibility. There were there were deliberate things that uh, were inserted into the editing of the film to make us think that with like the confusing scarring on Walter slash David or with like the fact that you never like see what happens to David on the planet or um, you know like there's a lot there's a lot of things inserted into the end of the film that are deliberately there to create this sense of of uncertainty you know and it could be as dark as you think it's going to be and then the fact that they fucking double down on that like the fact that it ends as badly as it could end for the people on that ship I feel like is a really brave storytelling choice and is really exciting and really yeah you, you know? know you know what's I agree here here's the cool thing now Patrick you and Dave both both of you guys are big into the comics Okay. Yeah. I mean, that that is where I got my start. Yeah. That I, I literally I saw aliens, and then I immediately caught up with it. Started catching into the Dark Horse comics. Like yeah, that was dude. the way it yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and for, I, for our listeners, I want to say there's episodes in this coming that were that were three of us. Oh were, yeah. So, so be oh. prepared. For, but keep going, Mike. So my thing is, as you guys know, and anybody out there in the in the the alien universe knows this as well, every single time in a Dark Horse comic, when somebody corrupt wanted to use the alien as a biohazard, <laughs> they got some kind of colonist or they yep. hijacked cryotubes or they did yep. something with people. <laughs> Every single one. So this yep. is it's not it's honestly to us, this is like, oh I see where they're going with this. Like you knew, okay, there's yeah. And there were yeah, 1,900 we... colonists on this ship. You knew somehow that was going to come into because that's the way it always does. Good now, point. of course, we had, you know, um, uh, Resurrection, who kind of – that kind of went on that, and they were kind of in that area. But, I mean, look at uh, Burke. What did Burke want to do? You know, <laughs> yeah. He wanted to take right. he yeah. wanted to take Ripley and Newt, and he wanted, he wanted to get them infected, and then he wanted to put them in cryosleep and take them back to the company. Everybody right. wants to do that. So seeing that in myself, I'm thinking, man, this is going to be bad because they're – like I said, there's 1,900 colonists <laughs> yeah. that are sleeping. Yeah. And then you yeah. got you yeah. got David who's going to be wandering for the next, what, seven years till they get there doing <laughs> yeah. whatever he wants. Seven years left. That's a good point. They still have seven fucking yeah. years before they get there. Yeah. So You saw oh. what he did at ten years with nothing to work with. I mean imagine se- seven years on a ship of paralyzed humans. With that all the tech that – with – Modern technology with all the technology yeah, in the world. <laughs> with dissection chamber. I mean, this is this is so. Oh my god, I'm so scared. I'm <laughs> yeah, getting so scared. Figure, talking you about figure it. the ship, the Covenant is 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 set up with laboratories, 
mm-hmm. and all that stuff because that's what it's it, you know once it gets there. Oh, how about this? And, and I don't want to go into too much, but you guys went through the deleted scenes. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming. How about the yeah. uh, the hydroponics? Yeah, yes. I know David with yes. his with his pot. I love that. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think you know, so you think about it, and not only for that, but you think of all the different areas that he has, like a botany lab. Right. He has, you know, the, the of course the medical bays. And I'm just thinking to myself, my goodness, he's just has unlimited yeah. resources for yeah seven years. Yeah, and it's oh, yeah. sustainable. Wow. You know, it harvests energy from like stellar sources, so this thing is like going to be powered on. It's just going to be mm-hmm. long. Let alone the fact that he has command override for mother, one would assume. So like, if he doesn't even want to land yet, he can just keep going <laughs> around independently with these frozen, you know, uh, people on the ship. But you're you're right, Michael. Like this this whole this trope of the company using humans as experimentation goes all the way back to Special Order 937, right? In the first yep. film, like yep, this yep. has been this has been what they've been after. And and you know, although this, of course, in terms of chronology, predates that film. Like th- this is this is the ultimate expression of that trope. That you know goes on to like totally filter through not only the the canonical film series but the whole expanded universe, all the novels. I mean, like what like my favorite comic up until maybe right now with that orbit. Although still probably my favorite is Labyrinth. I just think it's oh, like I the best. Mm-hmm. Oh. And and I, I really would love to do an episode with you guys, even just on Labyrinth. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like that that is a great example of of just an extremely dark story. Where humans are used for experimentation, and also xenomorphs are used for experimentation in these really depraved ways by by company people who um, have a little bit too much power and a little bit too little empathy, and yeah. uh, and it's like you, you you yeah like this is the crystallization of that right? Yeah, pretty so, much. I, I mean, it's that is the you know, and, and the thing is, even those comics, like that was the thing too, and especially well here you know you can see with with Ridley. His movies, there's always, like, hidden stuff to them. Like, he's saying things without saying things. So you, like, look at different points in your, you know, you had the whole creator and creation, you know, and who gets to decide what and, and stuff like that. That's the same way the comics were. The comics were were actually very politically fired, you know, yes. when they came out. Yes. Because they, you know, who are you to be able to just take somebody's life and use it? Yep. Yeah, the whole you know, God a, devil yeah, so that's, uh, thing I mean, is that's, it's just a, all a across thing the that, comics. Yeah, it's been going yeah. on forever. You know, you know what's funny too is that like the the Dark Horse comics started right at the tail end of the '80s, right, and and they kind of hit their stride in the early '90s. And you think like what was going on just in the in the geopolitical arena in which they were being made, like that was the era of like economic uh, excess. Of like everybody's like all about capitalism, unfettered, you know, markets. Like everybody, it, like the the idea of a company in the mid to late '80s is like a really good thing. Like in in terms of you know basic American capitalism, like people want companies to be big, to be ruthless. You have Gordon Gecko as kind of the archetype of that, right? Like like people want companies to not give a shit and to make a lot of money. And it's interesting that this part of this could be coming out of social commentary, like the fact that especially that the Dark Horse comics doubled down on this idea of this like faceless economic company being actually evil. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of cool that that was inculcated in that environment, I think. But Very cool. uh, so before we close out the segment, guys, do you have any closing thoughts on uh, on Advent? Um, no, I think we pretty much uh, covered anything. I mean, if anyone's got the Blu-ray, if you haven't checked it out, definitely um, check out the the six or seven minutes short is well worth your time. Yeah, totally. absolutely. And, and again, and again, check out Dave's article on xenomorphing. It's really good. It gives oh, thank you, you very nice, much. A nice walkthrough 
uh, it's funny as always, and it's really informative. <laughs> and uh, and I've, I've read it a couple times. I love it. So check that out. Um, it's on xenomorphing.com, and it's also on the Xenomorphing Facebook page. Uh, and it's also going to be at our new Perfect Organism website, which is currently in development, and we're hoping to roll it out really soon. So be be on the lookout for that. Look at that. Three so, shout-outs uh, in a row. Boom, boom, boom. Shout out Thank you very much. There we Thank go. you very much. I'm not, worthy. I'm not worthy. Hey, we, we wouldn't push it. Hey, I'll tell you what. We wouldn't push it if it wasn't awesome, man. You, you do a great job over there. So Thank you. Thank you. Know, you. Absolutely. And no pressure. If you don't read it, you just end up on the dissection table. So really, no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll say goodbye to you, and then we'll, we'll stay on the line and keep going. All right? All right, fellas. Enjoy. Take care, buddy. Take care. All right, we're back. So, uh, so this is just uh, me, Patrick, and uh, and Michael, and we are uh, talking a little bit about uh, alien as something that gets passed down uh, through generations. Michael, you said something that kind of was like the the basis for for me wanting to bring up this segment um, when we had our roundtable recently, where you said how it's interesting now, like the the movies have been out for you know four decades almost. They've been out for so long that um, we're actually having this generational turnover going on. Yes. Uh, and, and part of that is, uh, is the fact that, that your father got you into this kind of, right? Can you tell Correct. us about that a little? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, 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 I guess, well, let's see, it would have been when aliens came out. Uh, we always did, and, and I know you're probably like this cause I know you're experiencing the same thing. We always had like uh, every Friday night we had like a pizza and movie night. So every, yeah. uh, every week my dad would come home from work and we knew we were going to the, uh, the local, I know we're going to date ourselves, the local videotape store. Yeah. Um, and we would go and you'd, we'd rent a couple and we'd bring them home and, you know, we'd have pizza or we'd sit around the TV and we'd relax and, you know, it was, it was a nice time. Well, anyway. Oh, that ritual. I yeah, love that. It, it, yeah. It just And you knew every Friday that was coming. Oh, so, it was like Friday night. <laughs> we're going to go to the we're gonna go Blockbuster. Yep. We're going to go pizza. Yeah, yep. so he he would uh he would bring something home. So he comes home, you know, one time and he's like he's like, hey, I got this I got this movie, you know, I want you to see it. I said, okay. So we sit down and what ended up being Aliens. And so this is this is like short. This is like late eighties. Is after yeah. it came out. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um. So we're you know we're sitting out, like I said, it had been out for a while. Uh, okay. So he had just picked it up on you know that was how the way we kind of did. We always did the you know the the manly movies. Uh, he always had to get the war, the war movie in there or something like that. So, you know, he got he got Aliens, and um, he's like, hey, no, this has been out for a while. We, you know, we, have you ever seen it? We never saw it. Let's, let's take a watch. And we watched it, and I can remember, like, I was glued to the screen. Like, I, I was like, it, it, it was like one of those things where you actually find yourself kind of breathing heavy. You know, like, I'm right in the middle of this. Like, this is an incredible movie. So we go through, we go through all the way through it, and, and my dad says, you know, to me, you know, what did you think of that one? And I said, where did this come from? Like, what what else can I get my hands on? Like, I, I was engrossed now. I was engrossed right. to the characters and the storyline and, you know, everything. And my dad said, well, you know, if you're going to see this one, you should see the original one. And I'm like, there's another one of these? Like, right, what is going explodes. on? Yeah. So I go from, you know, the same thing. I went from the, the movie at that time. Everything, you know, I was into was G.I. Joe's and it was all action <laughs> figures and stuff yep. like that. So I'd seen, the, you know, the movie with the Colonial Marines and Ripley and Newton Hicks and was blown out of my mind. Then I saw Alien and I had the hell scared out of me. And it yeah. was a totally different feeling. Like it was. So, yeah, so I, how, how old were you, do you think, when you saw Alien, when you saw the first one? Uh, I would have had to have been, 
I'd say maybe ten. Okay, yeah, so that, that's 11. what I was going to guess. All right, so yeah, yeah. So you were you were you were little. Yeah. You were so still, yeah. you know, I I and at that time, you know, back then, you know, you said to your kids, "Hey, do you want to watch a movie?" Either it scared them and they ran away, or they sat there and watched it and had nightmares for a week. Yeah. So I was, of course, that kid that watched Alien, you know, and then I had the, I did that, I think for a week after that, I slept with a pillow on my, on my, across my chest, <laughs> just worried right. that if I didn't sleep that way, something was going to happen. But anyway, so right. I had watched Alien, and it was like such a, just a, a phenomenal feeling, but we did the same thing. It was my dad and I, and we sat there. It was there a movie we, night. It was another one. Yeah, of it was a movie Friday night. night. It was, yeah, right. It was just so cool. So um, we had went through that, and, and um, it's, so now it started, it became a thing where, you know, I was getting a little bit older, and uh, I remember Alien 3 coming out, and uh, my dad said, you know, told me like usual, he's like, you'll never believe there's another one of this movie coming out, we should really go see it. I said, okay, what do you want to do? He said, well, let's go to the drive-thru, or the drive-in, I'm sorry. So we went to the drive-in. <laughs> yeah, we'll the drive yeah. yeah, so we, we went to the drive-in uh, that right. was local here, which I think I just dated myself again on that one. Um, no. What? There, there's still a drive-in near us that we're going to go celebrate my wife's birthday at. Pretty soon, ah, so. Well, then see them. They're just okay. flat. They're just flat. Yeah, all right. So I, I see uh, – we go and see Alien 3, and I I had gone through every emotion then. I had seen the Colonial Marines, and I was hyped up. I had seen Alien, and I was scared the crap out of me. And then I saw Alien 3, and I literally had to have my dad console me at the end of that movie because I was in tears. Mm-hmm. Like I just I was in tears because, because of the because of the beginning because of the beginning like I yeah. was like my the the my favorite series is is over I mean we're it's done I don't ha- who do I go where do I go to now where do I go from you know so he you know kind of consoled me and said you know oh well, everything you know the Star Wars had three and all this you know and everything kind of has to go that way and um, it was you know a few years later then and uh, the trailer came out um, for, uh, for Resurrection. Resurrection yeah and I was like. Dad, you're never going to believe this. And he's like, let me guess. There's another alien movie coming out. I'm like, how did you know this? You're like, like, oh, yeah. yeah. I saw it too. And he's like, oh, you know what we got to do. So, of course, you know, it comes out. There we are. We're in the theaters. And I, even though I don't really care for the movie, it was great just to see Ripley, you know, eight, but still Ripley. And to see, you know, the aliens again. And I came out of that kind of like, yeah, you know what? It was it was all right, but I still it was an alien movie, so that was all that mattered. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, that was great, and that came out, and I, and I kind of had a better feeling, and you know, years and years went by, and I think my dad and I were seeing, I can't remember what movie we went to see, something, you know, that's just our thing. So we were in a movie theater, and all of a sudden this trailer comes up, and it's Prometheus, and I'm like. What is going on? We're like sitting there, like we're just in both in stunned silence, jaws drop. Like, so, are you so you serious? guys were seeing something else yeah. together. Yeah, we we're so, seeing so, something first else. First off, and... I just want to say it's awesome that you guys have this like tradition of going to films so frequently together because yeah. I think that is like that is such a great bonding experience yeah. for parents and kids. We um we that's usually like go we usually go once once or twice a month. Um, that's awesome. Dude. You know that's that's, that's what, kind what, of that's our so that's kind of our night. So that's so yeah. great. So 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 you were sitting in a movie and then the Prometheus trailer came on. Yeah, Prometheus and you saw, comes you saw up. the trailer drop at the same time. Yep, and we without just, knowing about it. No, no, yeah. I, which as a fan I, is really horrible that I didn't realize at the point. I, well, I don't it know. was a different world. I mean, this is yeah. the, you know, the trailer dropped 2010 for that. So movie, it you know? just I mean, you know you didn't have all the all the YouTube and the ads and all that stuff. It was right, right. it was one of the first. So it comes on and and we see this and my dad's like, we have got to see this movie. When we're going opening night. Great, we're going opening night. So I had gone now. I saw VHS, and I had seen the drive-in, and I had seen the movie theater. So we decided to see Prometheus in the IMAX. 
You know, this yeah. is the new thing, seeing the IMAX. And I can remember the two of us sitting there, and I'll never forget the scene to this day is the scene where David goes in, and they're in the, the main part of the ship, and he pushes the button, and the whole star map pops up, the, the yeah. globe that spins around that they're all standing inside of. And I can remember my dad and I sitting in the IMAX, and this is spinning around to where you feel like you're in the middle of this. All right, and I, right. And I remember my dad and I both look at each other, and I'm like, I have goosebumps. And he's like, wow. I do too. And it was just so funny because it was like the same exact moment. We were both feeling the same thing. Right, um, right. So, you know, it, so that was, you know, it was just, it was an amazing experience. And then, you know, then I guess the the, the cherry on top was Covenant. Um, you know, we did the same thing. We went and saw Covenant, him and I together. I said, you know, we're not going to see it with anybody else. It's just going to be you and me. My brother tagged along. So we, you know, him, but we got to see Covenant and um, it was just... You know, you know, as a father, you know, of course, and I as a father now that it, there's there's no better thing in this world than experiencing something. And him and I can be sitting talking to someone and I'll be like, remember when we saw this? Remember when we do that? And I'm like, that will forever. That's that is the most important thing to me. Like I have every I have every movie stub that my father and I see together. Oh, that's um, awesome, dude. And the reason I do, and you know, like it, it and and give me a second here, because I kind of get a little, I'll get a little uh, choked up, but you know, yeah. that's our thing. You know, most there's people I know that don't have that, but to, to be able to go and say to my dad, guess what? There's a new Marvel movie coming out. All right, when are we going to see it? And we schedule our whole night around it. We go to dinner. We go out to eat some junk. Usually we get away from the girls, so that's like our junk night. We go out yeah. and get something yeah. really bad. Um, and then we go to the movie theater and we, you know, we always get popcorn and we always get this candy and we always get this kind of drink. And you've you know, been doing it, this for such a long time yeah, at this it's, point. it's just like, us. It, and, and that to me is... Dude, that's so special. Yeah, it, you know, and he, like I said, I would not have ever even known about the Alien series if it was not for him. And the yeah. coolest part, and, and this is, you and me can relate to this as well, my dad, when he was younger was a humongous comic book guy. Like, that was oh, his yeah? thing. When he was in college and high school, he was always into comics. He loved to read. You know, the Supermans, the Batmans, the Wolverine, all that kind of stuff. That's what yeah. he was into. Cool dude. My dad would go away. If he would go somewhere on the road and they would stop something or whatever, he would bring me home a comic. It was always an Aliens comic. Oh, like, nice. And nice. The, first, the first two comics that my dad bought me were Newt's Tale. Oh my God, which, I love Newt's Tale. Which had yeah. to deal with it, and and it just, but that was another gap between, you know, something else between us that we could. Hey, do we're you, both do into you still comics. Have those, those comics. Yeah, I have all of them. Yeah. You know, awesome. I I don't. There's not very but, many but things. But do you, you have the Newt's Tale? Do you have the one and two Newt's Tale yep. we gave you? Yes. That's amazing, man. Um, what a special document, you know what I mean? It is. It, it, it like is. Because these, and... these things become such deep parts of our lives, and they become like you, you kind of construct your whole like sort of autobiography around it. Like, but I, I feel like, I, I mean, like I got into this when I was so little also, I, I was seven years old when I got into this stuff. And, uh, and, and I look, I'm 32 now and I look back and my life is like, it, like the, the releases of each film have coincided with like changes in my life. Like, you know, yeah. like Prometheus came out like right as, as I got married, basically, um, covenant came out shortly after our second son was born um, you know, Alien. Like, so, Resurrection was the first one that I could see in theaters. Although I, I technically got a ticket to see uh, oh, some comedy or something, and I snuck into the theater because I was still only 13. But like, you know, I still wanted to see. You know, it was like such a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. And like, 
Alien 3 was when I got into the movies, um, but it wasn't because of Alien 3. It was because of the Kenner toys. Yeah. Um, but, but, it, but it, you know, they came out, of course, as part of Operation Aliens, which was this aborted attempt at a cartoon that came out tied to the development of Alien 3, although it was about aliens. You yep. know, um, it was all but, twisted. Yeah. But, but like, but that was like, you know, for me, I, so I was seven going on eight when that came out. And like uh, aliens came out when I was one. So like, you know, there's no chance that I would have had that on yeah. my radar. But like, but, but because I, I thought of the Kenner toys as basically just an extension of aliens, because that's essentially what they are, not alien three. So like, so I, I thought aliens was where it started. Yeah. But I didn't see it. Because the first thing I saw was Alien, because uh, my cousin had told me that that was the the first film, and I was like, oh, I should see it, you know, from the beginning. So my first experience with with Aliens was like the scariest, most intense one, <laughs> which I got, and I, I told this story on the podcast before, but like the 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 only way that I saw that was because I told my parents that I wanted to rent All Dogs Go to Heaven from the local movie store, and, and I like <laughs> lied and I slipped the you know the, the VHS tape for Alien into my bag, you know, uh-huh. and biked home. Um, it's just, it's just crazy. Like the you know like when 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 I saw the film, I was seven. And when I saw Covenant, you know, I was 32 years old, and that's like that is that is a that is a long time, and, yeah. and I feel like it's so impossible to extricate yourself from that history, you know. Mm-hmm. And like hearing you talk about your dad like that, I mean. Like you know, you're a dad. Like you know, that must mean so much to him oh. to to have this relationship with you uh, and to have this shared language of film to like to talk about. I mean, yeah. that is amazing. We um, it, it really is. Um, you know, he tells me all the time, and and I like I say, I always tell my wife and stuff, and you know, I always say like it, it's it's um, it's when they say like the memories are the true things, the things that you'll never get back. You know the, yeah. the the missed moments, like I just I'm at the point now where like I want to do everything I possibly can. You know that's that's how we do. You know, well, here's here, so here's a funny thing. I hear you you're talking about. I know you had said about um you started sharing um your your toy your Kenner toys yeah. um, with your son, uh, which is so cool because I, I I said my brother and I laugh about it all the time because. The uh, the set that came out, which was always kind of crazy, because the Kenner set came out and it was like, uh, you know, there was Ripley, but she was in some weird outfit. <laughs> she had a know? pink shirt. Yeah, yeah and the, and, and the like the, uh, the yellow. Yeah. She had the yellow uh, like the scarf. yellow bandana. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you had that stuff, but the the coolest thing was, which was for me, which I always loved, and I'm sure your son was the same way. Like, you know, my dad would take me, and like that was my thing. Like every, you know, every every other weekend or every payday, we would go, and I could I could get one, you know, and I used to I yeah. used to pull them in, and it was so cool because to me, you know, they were like the, you know, you had they're all based off of animals because it was like whatever happened and my dad would just be like where did this come from and i would have to tell him the whole backstory and the whole explanation and it was just but then again it was just another thing that he and he never you know he never said like oh aren't you too old for this or you know oh do you really want that it was like he knew that this is what i loved so for him he didn't didn't care he didn't care you know know, know, i'm thinking like because your dad obviously is okay being passionate about kind of nerdy or niche thing like you know he was a comic book guy like he was you know, like like that. If if you are a true dyed in the wool comic book fan, like you're used to having a very sort of self driven, intense passion for something yeah. that you might not always be able to share with other people. But like, but but you know how important that is to you. You know. Yeah. And and I, and I, I feel like that is is like that's like what I want to pass on to to our kids too. You know. Yeah. It, uh, you know, from like I said, from, just from us talking and stuff. You know, I it's it's so funny. 
you know, you and I were talking about before, I said it's so neat that, you know, we're both here in this podcast, you know, at the same time, and here you are as a father doing for your son what my dad did for me. Like, yeah, and that's yeah. so cool. That I mean, that's right there. There's your generations. You know, yeah, that, man. That's, it says right there. And But, you know, getting back to it, though, how amazing is it that, you know, people look past this movie and don't realize, but it has been around that long. You know, it, 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 <laughs> it's been it really a long, has. Long time. It, it, there, how many years have there actually been without one? I mean, there's not very many gaps in between that there wasn't, you know, one of these movies. And it just worked yeah. out perfectly timed that. You know, that was just, like I said, that was our thing. And, you know, I remember he would take the world, you know, in uh, in the late 1970s and you look at the world now. I mean, like what a what a different universe this is, you know, and yet and yet we're still making films based on this common narrative core, you know, like on these common characters and these common, um, you know, these common creatures and things. And like, you know, but but they mean different things to us in different phases of our evolution as a society, too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's crazy. I was amazed at how many people I saw. When Covenant was getting ready to come come out, how many people were actually on the the thread saying, "Hey, I'm taking my son to this, or I'm taking my daughter to see this. Right. How how is it? Should I take them? They're only this years old." And it was great to see people, and I did it many times. It was great to see people be like, "Listen, you know, it's not you know it's not that bad, you know. But if this is something that you want to experience with your kid, take them. If you feel they're comfortable with it, take them. Yeah. And it was yeah. so many people, and I'm like, man, that is so great that it hasn't. There's not a gap yet, like you know, where people right. are like, oh, you know, I'm not gonna get it back into that, or, you know, it just it. Uh, right. It really it's like is. Share, share it, share it while you can. You yeah. Know? Share share the love for this this franchise because we all know, and all of you listening to this know. That um, you know, Alien is a very tight, very intense fan base. Like you know, we really, we really love the shit out of the saga, but we don't. We're not commonly in situations where we can talk to other people about it because mm-hmm. it's not something that many other people love at the way that we do. But like, but within our families and within these generational ties, you you get these you know sort of these moments where you're able to pass it on. Actually, can I can I talk a little bit about uh, about how I've done that with. Uh, with our kids? Absolutely, man. I I I have actually been waiting for this because yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I know you're very you're very passionate about it yourself, and and I am all ears, man. Rock it out. Thanks, thanks, dude. Thanks, dude. So I just want to say also, this is I love this episode. Thank you for doing this with me. I'm so glad we're getting to like to talk about because because I, f- I feel like we as as fans and also like as podcast co-hosts, like you know we always get into these into these kind of like intense debates about the you know whether something is canon or about what the you know the metaphysical implications of something are but like it's it's nice to sit to sit back and be like you know what these are fucking movies that are really special that have made us happy through the years and like and it's it's a really wonderful warm feeling to just talk about that sometimes you know yeah well, you know um, what and, and, before yeah. you start here i wanted to say too because you've actually done something too if anybody's hearing this um, we're going to get into it a little bit later, uh, but I know Patrick and 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 Jamie and some of the guys and everything. They set up a a hotline, correct? Yeah. You know, I I wanted to get that out there. You know, if people, if, if you want to talk about this or you want to get it out there, you know, go ahead. I mean, fill them in, Patrick. You know what's going on with that. Like I said, people yeah, definitely man, yeah. need to see it. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So so actually, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll give that number now, and then I'll give it again. Um, you know, at the end because we're going to close this whole segment shortly with um a bunch of calls that you guys did which have made me uh, so incredibly happy and, and I, re- I really can't wait to share it with you guys but we yeah we, so we set up this number recently um and the number is 213-787-7894 
I'll, I'll give it to you again. So don't don't stress out if you didn't get it. But um, but we set that up because you know we've we've um, we've done like you know Wayland Yutani Bolt and Speaks episodes in the past, um, and we've put out things on Building Better Worlds, which is our new social um, community, asking for people to share anecdotes and things like that. And and we've we've read some of your stuff on the air, but there's something about the human voice, you know, like there's something about telling the story yourself, about just sitting there closing your eyes and talking into a phone and telling something that means something to you. And it's like, um, and, and I, I think it's, it's important that you guys have a, have a voice on this podcast the same way we do, because we're all just fans of this stuff, you know, like we're, we're all in the same exact position. It's just, some of us have, um, you know, a regular starring or guest, uh, you know, role on these, on these shows, but like, but you guys are all a part of these shows as well. So again, before, and I'll give you the number at the end, but again, the number, is two one three seven eight seven seven eight nine four. That's two thirteen seven eighty seven seventy eight ninety four. Um so we'll get back to that. But yeah, but I'm just gonna tell you a little bit about my my experience. So so I, I I came to Alien um, kind of not uh, not through any sort of familiar familial um, connection. Although my parents were always wonderfully supportive of it, and you know they they knew I was a little a little weird. I had some 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 weird interests <laughs> as a kid, but they were like you know whatever. He's he's passionate. That's a good thing to encourage. So um, so they were they were cool with it. But um, but I, I it was really kind of a a very self driven thing for me, and uh, part of me. Sort of like it, it's not that I it's not that I like bemoan that, but I, I it, it would have been nice to like as a little kid have people to, to talk about alien with the way that we do now. So um so so my wife Micah and I have two sons. We have Jude who is uh, actually <laughs> he will be four in 66 minutes. Nice. So as of the recording of this podcast, yeah, he's turning four tomorrow. Uh, we have uh, we have Jude and then we have Henry who is about 10 months old and um. They're both they're both fans in their own ways, but uh, Henry is obviously a little bit too young to really compre- comprehend it. Uh-huh. So Jude, uh, you know, he's like a super passionate guy. He he is just like me and just like his mom. You know, he's just like us. Everything that he loves, he loves so intensely that he like can't help himself. You know, like um and and he has a number of interests that he's just really 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 into. But something that was so touching to me is that like he would he would see like for example my i have like an astromo hat you know and he would be like what does that say you know and i would tell him and he'd be like what is that and i'd be like oh it's just like you know this this refinery vessel that you know, <laughs> something terrible happened on and he'd be like where and i'd be like oh in a movie in what movie i'd be like do you really want to know and he'd be like yeah you know so we started talking about it and he just thought it was the coolest thing ever and from the very beginning i was i was really because i mean let's be clear like he's at least for another hour he's three i mean you know he's yeah. a precocious kid he's a great guy but but he's he's very very young so um so i had to and and, and this is not subject matter that is necessarily you know intended for audiences like that but um but i was thinking about how i was able to enjoy it so much when i was little too and, and i think it's because i i knew from the beginning that it was fictional like it, it, although i was i was afraid and i was terrified in, in a really beautiful way like i knew that it was a it was a fiction so so i really tried to like tell him right from the very beginning this is a pretend story this isn't true but it's amazing and you yeah. can imagine you can imagine that it's true and every single doorway you know every single thing in this is a doorway to your imagination like you know you can invent your own stories you can draw things you can come up with ideas and you can play with figures so he got really into it right away and the the first thing that he saw because he was asking me he was like daddy can I can I watch alien 
and and every day I was like, dude, like you you are really you're like too little to to enjoy this. Like mm. it's 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 uh, kind of traumatic. You know, it, it, I'm I'm a little bit worried about you getting into a deep. But he was really, I mean, he was like insistent. And every day I would come home from work and he'd be like, Daddy, I want to watch Alien tonight. And I'd be like, Okay. Finally, I was like, you know what? Give me ten minutes. I'm gonna go through the Blu-ray of Aliens because I figured I figured Aliens was I, I, so I told him the story of Aliens so he had context, and then I figured Aliens is kind of the least uh, horror, you know, kind of driven yeah. part of the, the saga. So I was like, that's that's a good place to start. And it's also the one that most kids get into first because it's like pretty badass, you know, it's like Space mm-hmm. Marines. Of course. So I was like, give me ten minutes, and I went through with Blu-ray bookmarks, and I made what I call now the daddy print edition of it, <laughs> uh, which, which, which actually for aliens is, is almost the whole movie. Like there's a couple of moments that I cut out, uh, where there's exposition that is going on for kind of a long time. And I kind of knew he would kind of get bored, especially like when, when, um, you know, when, when the Marines are kind of like going back and forth at the table, just th- things that like, that I feel like, um, you know, I could cut a, a minute here or there that, to keep him kind of engaged. So I, I did a little bit of that, but not very much. There's only like something like seven minutes missing. Um, I cut the part where, where Anne has the chest burster come out in the colony. Cause that's uh-huh. pretty traumatic. Um, he actually, uh, the, the first daddy print edition cut the whole actual ending of the film. So it ended basically with them escaping from LV four, two, six and nuking the planet. Yeah. Uh, before the queen rips Bishop in half. But, but I told him the whole story. So he knew that that happened and he really wanted to see Bishop get ripped in half, you know, he knew that he knew that he was a robot. He knew he wasn't a person. He knew that he survived this incident, you know. Um, and he knew that it was milk because I told him that you know it was this like condensed milk and, and yolk. Thing. So, <laughs> so he he wanted to see it because he thought it was funny. So finally, the revised Daddy Print edition now includes the actual ending, and he that's his favorite part of the whole thing. He like loves he loves it, um, and it's not. Uh, He's not having any nightmares, you know. He's he's doing really well. The other films are much shorter. Um, he Covenant is like now one of his favorites, um, and you'll actually hear from him shortly on this podcast. But he, uh, but but Covenant has been cut down pretty considerably because it's it's a little bit a little bit dark for a kid that yeah. that. But but what's important to me is two things. One is that he gets the full experience, so I'm really careful to tell him everything that that he misses, and two that he knows it's a work of fiction. And so, um, so he got really into it, and uh, I'll go quickly through this. He, uh, I, I had a big moment where I took out all of my Kenner toys from my little, you know, collection room that we have set up, and I, I gave them to him in a, in a big, in a big box, and I said, uh, you know, like these are the most special material things that I have, and, and I, I mean, other than my wedding band, I think I actually mean that. I think the most special things to me. <laughs> Are my counter toys from my childhood? Yeah, I, that's like, that. Trust me, I know you on that one. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, uh-huh. there's something about that that is just in a part in a part of my heart that is so deep down. And giving those to our kids, and because they're also, um, you know, Henry's now too, and Henry plays with them, you know, in his own way when he crawls around. Like that was that was to me. I cried when I did it. I thought it was a really important thing. So now, of course, like you know, they have these games that they've invented. Um, they've like made up all these races with the Hot Wheels, and the aliens are like attacking the Hot Wheels cars, and it's like you know, it's just it's amazing. We built this APC out of car, out of a shoebox, like you know, it's <laughs> been this amazing journey of seeing seeing my own kids get into it the way that I was into it as a little kid, and and I and I feel like 24 hours a day, day or night, if if they want to engage on anything that they're passionate about, I will be like, let's do it, you know, wake yep, me up, absolutely. We can talk about race cars, we can talk about Alien. Because there's nothing more important than living a present life. I really, I really. The older I get, the more I realize that it's like, 
if it, it's so easy for us to just go on autopilot and just sort of like let the world happen to us and to be kind of dumbfounded by this endless procession of adulthood events that we have no control over that sort of you know get to us over time like you have to break out of that and have things that you love and you have yeah. to share those things that you love with the people you love because if you don't then like you're not really alive you know no. what I mean? absolutely so anyway that's that's my whole my whole spiel but yeah it's been it's been an awesome experience so uh well now what you need to do now is now that uh they brought out all the uh the kenner like they re-released them in like a yeah uh, i guess you would say the like the grown-up version yeah so now what you 11. need to do is do that yeah there you go now you're you're both you're both uh you know, then you can do you can both have at the same time. So that's pretty cool. I know, but now he wants to play with those because they're they're cooler. I'm like, oh my god, like you know, there's 30 points of articulation with this. You know, you gotta you gotta be you, know, you gotta be careful. Well, what's cool is is too, and I've noticed like I, now I know you know I'll, I have I have a daughter. I have actually have a daughter that's seven, and uh, mm-hmm. I have another one actually here. And three weeks is on the way. So yeah, you know, we're uh, we're my daughter and I. We're, she's big. She loves the flea market. She loves the flea market. Nice. That's I nice. am amazed when we go. At the amount of alien colonial marine Kenner toys you can find. Are you serious? Like Dude, it's I... like they've had a resurface. Cause I mean my, you know you know how they were. You know everybody knew you had like we were talking before they had Ripley and then they had all the different designs like the gorilla alien and they had the, they you had know Ajax, the they had the jaguar and they had oh my goodness they had so many, the but like they had they actually had the uh, the power loader, and it, okay. and it was. That's pretty. That's pretty hard to find, actually. Yeah. That's, that's that. that oh, I no. Trust me, I didn't find a new one. I still have that one. That that'll go to the grave with me. That baby's in the yeah. uh, in the case. It isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, box. Yeah. There's nice. so much stuff. I mean, just. But it's so neat that you know, like you're saying, that you have that. Like, hey, you and your, you know, I, my dad and I, we played GI Joes. We played GI Joes for hours. I'd lose every stinking piece that came with them, but I have <laughs> every them all. Projectile. But yeah. yeah. So that's so cool that you can you gave them to him, and now if you say, hey, you know, he says, Daddy, let's play, and you're like. Huh, we're gonna play aliens. This is great. Yeah, it's the best of both worlds. Pretty much every night. 
My parents even took me to a child, psych- <laughs> child psychiatrist, <laughs> apparently, who wasn't any help. Uh, they oh just said God. my parents were bad parents for letting me watch the movie <laughs> at such a young age. <laughs> uh, I feel you on that one. Um, oddly enough, my brother found the solution, and he told me they were just chocolate monsters, and my nightmares oh stopped. My God. Yep. But I don't think my nightmares ever truly stopped. I still have them. But as I got older, my reaction to it changed. Now, when I have one of those nightmares, I wake up thinking, man, that would have been a cool scene in a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, after I saw Aliens, I became obsessed with my outlet was primarily the Kenner action figures. There it is again. There you go. I'm telling you. And mini comics that came with them. Oh, I remember those. You remember the the mini comics? You know what I've actually – you know actually what I've done? Uh, is I've gone through and I've done scanned versions of them and I've blown them up to like the size of regular comic books. Yeah. Um, and so uh, maybe I'll put those on better, building better worlds for you guys. Oh, they because, were the uh, best. You actually like if you blow them up to like a size of a normal book, you can kind of read it like a comic book. And you can there's sort of two things like you realize how ridiculous they are, and also it just it's like so such an intense nostalgia trip that it like takes your breath away. You know what I mean? Yep. So, uh, so look for those on Building Better Worlds. Sorry, I interrupted no, that's you. All right, no, absolutely. I mean, he, we're, as you can see, we're all kind of in that same area. Um, yeah. He, yeah. He says, when I got a little older, I saw Alien Three for the first time in theaters, and I didn't really hate it, but I didn't love it either. Hmm. Um, after that, I began reading the Dark Horse novels. Uh, the comics were off limits because I was too young, and I guess my parents didn't want me to see the imagery, uh, but they did want me to read more so that they allowed me the novels. It says, then I saw that the Sci-Fi channel, not Sci-Fi as it is today, S-Y-F-Y, was showing Alien one day, and I sat on the couch all day just to watch it. John Carpenter's The Thing came on just before, which was my first introduction to that film, uh, which I also loved. My little sister watched The uh, Thing with me, and it gave her nightmares the way Aliens did for me. (laughs) (laughs) Ha-ha. He he goes on to say, uh, after that, I got the Alien trilogy on VHS... So, you know, he dated himself, too. So now we're all in the same book. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and still have it to this day. Watch those movies over and over. Now I love Alien 3 almost as much as the first two. In college, I got to see Alien in theaters for Halloween re-showing, which was awesome, which absolutely it is. Uh, I have also seen the rest in theaters except for Aliens. In college, I also began collecting all of the comics and novels and pretty much have everything available in the EU now, which is Extended Universe. Um, and my obsession continues. My two sons are too young for Alien right now, and my wife made me promise not to expose them to it until they're older <laughs> so they don't get the same nightmares I had. Oh, my God. So I, I, all I can say is, uh, is Bradley, just, just tell them they're chocolate monsters, dude. Yeah, That's seriously. All These are chocolate monsters. They're delicious. They're not frightening. I have to, I have to say, it was just so funny that, um, you know, maybe it's just because of what we're talking about tonight, but how funny is it? Okay, he has two sons, which he's yeah. getting ready to introduce them to. You know, he has, of course, a wife like I do and you do that are like, don't even think about it. <laughs> all right? And it's so, you know, you can tell all of us in that generation, we all grew up with the Kenner action figures. Yeah. We, we all grew up with the, what was it? It was the, it was the trilogy. They had the trilogy on VHS and they had the, the quadrilogy. Yep. Yeah, that was um, a big but it's just—it's how funny is that? That yeah. you know, maybe that's—you know, maybe that's where we're at now. Our generation, you, me, and and him as well, maybe that's—we're the next ones in line. You know, now yeah, we man, continue crazy. to go from there. That's just—it's incredible. Okay. Dude, Bradley, thank you so much. That's such absolutely a thanks, man. That, that was that's so great. Yeah, that was that was cool because, like I said, as him talking, I could just see—I can remember how my parents were. They're like, you know what? Go ahead and watch it. But if you do and you get nightmares, it's not my fault. Yeah, you know, I can yeah, remember yeah. that. No, it brings <laughs> me right back. 
Uh, so, so I have a so Sean Garnett sent us an email. It's super nice. He says, uh, you know, I appreciate all you guys do. Um, he appreciates uh, Jamie especially and his uh, his passionate connection to uh, to the films. And it's a really really nice email. Um, and he says uh, that uh, all of us, you know, Michael, Dave, myself, and Ryan, obviously included too, that we uh, do a good job with the show. So thank you so much, Sean, for that. And he he goes on thank to you. say that he says my father showed me this wonderful universe, aliens, just to start off. Uh, he's a nom vet, which you guys point out a lot. So thank you for that. Which is yeah, because we've talked a lot about how aliens is a, a you know Vietnam allegory in a lot of ways. Yes. He said we really shared and bonded over the movies. We are both former military and have that connection so much with all of the franchise. He really liked the motion tracker and the effects when I would play Isolation. And he said that he would come into my office to see him play with a motion tracker, and it made him feel so good to return the favor like he did uh, when I was much younger. So uh, another another great little generational thing there. You know, His dad got him into Aliens with this sort of military connection, and then now um, as, a, as an adult, He's playing isolation, and his dad is, is wondering what he's up to, and he's like watching him play it, and uh, that's so cool. Thank that's you so much, cool. Joel. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much, and thank you for your service too. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for your service. That's, uh, amazing. Thank you. Um, so, uh, so we have a bunch of calls now. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and let these play uh, as we end. There's a, a little cameo from a, a certain soon-to-be four-year-old in there too. So um, <laughs> just watch out for that. <laughs> But uh, I, I just want to say personally, thank you, Michael, for sharing those incredible stories. Thank you to our listeners for opening your hearts up and, and telling us these incredible things. And um, and uh, and also thank you to both you and Dave for you know including me in this uh, in this awesome um, engineering better worlds uh, sort of subset of perfect organism. And um, I just feel super blessed to be a part of this community and to be able to talk to a, a dude like you on a night like this and share stories that come from the heart so thank yeah, you very much i uh I, I have to say the same thing patrick it has been uh, it has absolutely been a pleasure um you know like i said it's it's pretty cool to uh not only be fans of uh the alien series but you know the fact that we're both kind of in the same place and you know with kids and you know with the way we came up and you know our love for yes our love for toys and for the the comics and everything like that and that's uh that's very cool um <laughs> it's know, very cool I, you know dave uh dave you know, I can't say enough. Dave has, uh, he is just, he is full of so much information. It's amazing. Like, I, yeah. I'm constantly picking his brain. Like, I'm constantly like, I'll, somebody will say something on one of the bulletins, and I'll be like, hey, Dave, like, you know, did you hear about this? Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Right, you know, right, so, right. But, um, you know, yes, I, you know, I want to say, um, you know, this is, uh, I, I have to thank my dad. Um, you know, like I said, he's been my, he's been my wingman for for all of this, so I mean, without him, I I, I kind of wouldn't have got involved in the movies or the comics. So, uh, you know, like yeah. I said, thank you to him too. And uh, seriously, you know, seriously, thank you, Mr. McCulloch. Seriously, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. So, thank you, Patrick. It was it was a great episode, man. I cannot wait sure. to. And like I said, make sure if if anybody has anything to talk, you just want to open up and just, you know, you know, shoot the breeze and and just, you know, explode with some alien knowledge. Hit us up. You know, yeah, dude. Message yeah. So that number or... again, before I forget, it's it's two one three seven eight seven seven eight nine four. That's two one three seven eight seven seventy eight ninety four. You can also email us at perfectorganismpodcast at gmail dot com, or you can put a message on the Building Better World social group. You can put a message on a um, you know something on Perfect Organisms Facebook page. Um, basically, in any way that you want to reach out to us, because we all feel 
very strongly like fandom is in a place where we would all benefit from coming together more and um, we don't have to agree on everything, but but at least having an open dialogue and, and getting to know the way that we all like love this stuff again, so we can all be in a place of you know um, shared uh, shared passion and shared love, uh, and you know build better worlds together, right? Yeah. So um, so for me, like I said, for me, I you know thank you Patrick and thank you everybody. I appreciate it and thanks for yeah, listening. Thanks, all right, see you soon. See you, buddy. Hey guys. Uh, Brian Dillon from Los Angeles. I've been loving uh, the podcast. I think you guys are doing a fantastic job, and I really support the mission to sort of heal the fandom after some of the divisions that have been uh, coming out as of late. I saw your uh, message on the uh, Building Better Worlds uh, Facebook group about uh, talking about how you uh, got introduced to the Alien franchise, so I just wanted to share my story quickly. Um, I actually probably, I guess probably in third or fourth grade, um, ran across in my local uh, arcade, uh, video arcade, a Aliens uh, arcade game. This was for the second film. Uh, it didn't follow a lot of the film. It had the creatures and space huggers, but there were all sorts of variations. But I was so fascinated by this arcade game and the creatures I was seeing on screen that um, I immediately went home and told my parents how obsessed I was with it. And uh, my mother, who had uh, always sort of fostered my uh, love of genre and sci-fi, she saw uh, the original Alien when she was maybe 18 or 19. And uh, I, never, um, I wasn't sure if she'd seen the sequel, but that's the one that I wanted to see first, Aliens, the one that was the arcade game was based on. And... Uh, once I saw that, it just blew my mind and changed my life, uh, as I'm sure it did for, for many people listening. So uh, that's pretty much my story. I've been the uh, alien-obsessed individual ever since. I love the xenomorphs. I'm never getting uh, enough of them. And uh, all I'll add is uh, thank you guys so much for doing this podcast. It's fantastic to get to meet other fans and also hear what you guys have to say. Keep up the great work. Uh, hello, my name is uh, Derek Hawk. I'm calling from Austin, Texas. Um, my history with Alien has gone for so long. Um, probably seven-year-old sneaking into the living room at night to watch it. Um, and it's all it's bled into definitely bled into my adulthood. Uh, being now, I, I do a uh, uh, we briefly chatted, but I, I do short story fan fictions. I've done a couple that were extremely successful. I've done two on Alien and one on this thing. Um, and I do them in such a way that you, if you're not familiar with the franchise, they're just really cool little um, short stories, uh, science, science fiction short stories. But if you you know the the origin, or you can you de- determine it, or you can um, if you can pick it up, I mean, you're just blown away. Like wow! Um, so I've been really uh, ha- I've been really fortunate with to be able to come up with you. But how it relates to the topic of kind of exposure. Um, so the stories have been picked up a couple of, or both of them have been picked up by pretty, uh, you know, pretty prominent and popular YouTubers that do narrations of it. And you look at the comments, and it just amazes me how these, how people are still in love with these characters um, that I don't name, that I just reference and um, reference in a, in a way that again is never, never direct. You know, so you don't look, you don't think it's a fan fiction when you're reading it. Uh, I've done one on Newt, and I've done one on Jones. 
and people who pick up on it are just they're just enthralled and and in love with these characters after so long. And you look at the profiles, and they're you know there are you know my age is in the thirties and forties, and then there's young kids, and they know who these characters are. They love them. They're rooting for them, and it's it's just really really cool thing um, that you. I mean, I'm taking these characters and uh, kind of exploring. You know, with Newt, it's you know kind of the days before the Marines show up, and with 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 Jones, it's the events that are occurring. Um, as he's observing them, um, and you learn about why this cat's there, uh, what his purpose is, what he's seeing, what he's thinking, and it also describes why the alien is different in this movie versus other movies, and you know what it eats and kind of its behavior. So I mean, you can explore these things, and people are just in love with this. I think it's a really cool thing, um, and it's really touching to see this, to share this uh, love and passion that I have with other people, and to see that people have that same level. Um, okay. Well, thanks. Bye. Hi, my name is Eric Hansen. I'm from, well, I'm from Kansas, and I got introduced to Alien in a very interesting way. Um, funny thing is it uh, happened because uh, my mom is actually a huge gamer, much bigger gamer than I am. And, well, I'd heard about the Alien movies because I'd seen them in, um, I'd seen them in video stores. Uh, I remember... One uh, one day, it was uh, Christmas 2000, we were going out and picking up some decorations, and since I was a good kid that day, Mom decided to pick me up a movie, and I wanted Close Encounters of the Third Kind, but next to it was the VHS tape for Alien. It's just the egg, that classic poster of the egg and that tagline in space, no one can hear you scream, and I asked Mom, well, Mom, what's that movie about? And, uh, well, uh, I didn't find out for a couple of years. Uh, so... Actually, that was back in 1998, I believe. Anyway, a couple of years later, I didn't think anything of it. And then we're going through the we're going through the computer games aisle because I think Mom was picking up an Elder Scrolls game that day, and I see a mod for this game called Alien vs. Predator. And I'd heard about Predator too because a bunch of kids in my kindergarten class stayed up and watched it one night on TV and didn't sleep well for about a week. So I knew about both of them. And I was thinking, wow, they did both of these things together? So I start looking at the box, and I realized very quickly that you get to play the monsters. And that was just a completely revolutionary idea for me. I thought, wow, I get to be these monsters with all these cool gadgets, and I get to go around and eat people? So I pick up this box, and I go to my mom begging her. I'm like, 11, 12 years old at the time, I'm like, Mom, Mom, I have to play this game. Please, I, I want to try this so bad. And she goes, Eric, you're not going to play that game. It's very scary. You're going to have nightmares. How much is it? And uh, that was pretty much how quickly that argument lasted. And, and then Mom told me, almost as a threat, all right, but if you're playing that game, you're watching these movies. So I was like, okay. A couple days later, we went to Blockbuster. We picked up both Aliens and Predator, and I watched them both on a double bill that night. Stayed up very late. I forget which one I watched first, but I think it was Aliens, because uh, we couldn't find the first one yet. And I'm watching this movie, and the first thing I notice is, oh, my God, it's the Ghostbusters lady, <laughs> because I'd grown up on Ghostbusters. And I start watching this movie, you know, just expecting a movie with monsters, and I get so attached to this character, you know, really care about her, want to see her succeed, and I'm completely enthralled in this universe it creates that was, you know, so creative, so suspenseful. 
and the creatures were so beautiful yet terrifying. Hi there, my name is Eric. I'm a Canadian guy who's 28 years old and calling in the middle of Canada. Um, and this is for the Building a Better World uh, podcast, sharing my story. Um, I was in about grade eight when I had this friend uh, bring over these movies that uh, she'd been talking about for a while that her dad owned and loved, and she'd always mention this creature and, and uh, said I had to watch it. And she was anticipating that crazy moment in the first Alien movie with Pestburster, and I damn near gagged. And I thought it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And I was so intrigued by um, the creature and how odd it was that I had to watch more. And I think we watched the first three movies that night. And then she came back and we watched uh, Resurrection. And it was just the most intense, terrifying, wildest thing I've ever seen. It's like a grade eight young guy. Um, and uh, that was about probably 15 years ago. So in retrospect, it's pretty new in compared to into a lot of other people that um, are on this podcast or listen. Um, and so it was actually kind of interesting because I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. People are going to think I'm a little bit crazy. But I actually thought Resurrection was um, awesome. And I think just because I was so young, I didn't really appreciate some of the other movies the way other people had. Um, I was more into the effects and like the craziness. The more crazy the story was, the more interested I was. And um, so <laughs> looking back on it now and all the movies now, they're really probably not the greatest movies, but as a young kid, I just wanted the action and, and the sci-fi and the effects, and I thought, the, you know, the better the visual effects, the obviously the better the movie it was, and that's not necessarily always the case. So it's cool to be an adult now in 28 and seeing uh, Prometheus and Covenant with some of these, some of my best friends now that are still crazy over these movies, um, and being of age to watch these movies, and my first alien movie being, you know, technically Covenant, I guess, in theaters. Um but being an adult and being able to look back on some of the earlier movies and, and really appreciating those as, like, the masterpieces that they are. And it was pretty awesome to have that. And then, of course, to find these communities of, on the podcast and online communities that I get to kind of geek out over and share my thoughts and opinions with. And um, it's it's really cool. So keep doing what you guys are doing. And I love listening to these podcasts. And I look forward to hearing everybody else's story. That's my crazy story as this young guy. And... Hopefully, uh, everybody else has as interesting stories as I do. Anyways, take care. Thanks, and keep going. Bye. Well, hello, sir. What's your name? Jude. Jude Anthony Green, right? And yes. uh, and how old are you? Three. Yeah, but you're about to turn. Four. Yeah, it's exciting. That's so, really exciting. It is. So, what do you think about aliens? I think I like them. Yeah. Yeah. You like the movies? Yeah. Yeah. Which is your favorite? I think my favorite is the first one. The first one. What do you think about Alien Covenant? Alien Covenant is the best. Do you think Covenant is the best? Yeah. Yeah? And you like the music to it? Yeah. Yeah, me too. But I don't like the music in the beginning. Because it's haunting? Yeah. Yeah, it's scary. In Dallas, they're dead. Cargo and ship destroyed. I should reach the frontier in about six weeks. With a little luck, the network will pick me up. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo, signing off.